0: It's time for the Bears Nation podcast with your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. Get ready for a lot of fun and excitement. Strap it in. I know you're going to dig this. It's Bears Nation, baby. To the Batmobile. Let's go. All right. Welcome in. We are back at this Bears Nation podcast. It is Wednesday. October 11th, and there's a lot to talk about in the Bears' upcoming game, actually, against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Some big news that happened yesterday that very much impacts this game, and it's going to be... I can't believe I'm having positive feelings about the Bears, but we'll get into it. Uh, Myself, Jake Hassan, joined, as always, by Kevin Lapka. This is Bears Nation Podcast, brought to you by ONTAP Sportsnet. And as I said, this is a preview episode of the Bears upcoming matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. Really a tank off, if you will, uh, a, race oh. the, a race to the race to a uh, top five pick, perhaps a race to the basement of the NFC North. Even, um, although I think the Packers might now be in, in that race as well, because, oh, boy, were they terrible on Monday. But this is Bears Nation podcast and not a Packers Nation podcast. And uh, we're going to talk about the upcoming game and I mean, we'll just get right to it, Kevin. I mean, Justin Jefferson goes on IR, the Vikings' best player, the one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the entire NFL, uh, a guy who has torched you before, and now he's out, and he might miss both games. Well, no, he will miss both games, right? Because he's out for at yeah, least four weeks. So he will miss both four games uh, against the Bears now. And that's Kirk Cousins' safety blanket. That is the guy who has elevated Kirk Cousins uh, to slightly above average quarterback play over the last couple of years. And now that guy is out. And for a Bears secondary that is banged up, and um, we'll see what the injury report looks like today. We'll see uh, if you get anybody back in the secondary. But I mean, Kev, this was already a game that the Bears would have a chance to win. I mean, now you got to feel pretty good that they win this game.
1: I think they do, and we'll hey, we'll get those predictions in later in the episode. We'll lock it in. But first of all, they don't. They, he'll miss the first game against the Bears. They don't play the Vikings again until November 27th. So okay. there's a chance Jefferson could be back. But
0: but this by is then,
1: issue.
0: I mean, by then, if the Vikings continue to bottom out, they, they might be tanking full blown for Caleb Williams oh, by then, or should and, 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 I, and I –
1: And I think that's the case here. I think you're looking at a Vikings team without Justin Jefferson for the next four weeks with Kirk Cousins just still getting obliterated every game that is on the verge of implosion. That is going to come to this realization that we either have to pay Kirk Cousins a ton of money in a contract extension and kind of run back this whole. Yeah, exactly. Run back so, this whole, you know, win one, 10 one games, get in the playoffs. One thing that I
0: want to point out is, I don't know if you saw this, Kevin, and, and some of our viewers, listeners might not know this, the Vikings literally yesterday, game hasn't even been played yet. Justin Jefferson has been on IR for exactly like 45 minutes at this point, and the Vikings brought in a bunch of veteran quarterbacks, quarterbacks, not wide receivers. So like, read the writing on the wall here, like. The Vikings aren't going to run it back with Kirk Cousins. If they lose this game, and maybe like, and maybe they're already playing for without having lost this game. But like, if they lose this game, they might bring in a Colt McCoy and start calling up the Commanders, the Jets, whoever, the Falcons, oh to be like, hey, you want Kirk for one year to try and get you to the playoffs or win a playoff game for you? Because we're done with this guy. We ain't bringing him back. I mean, there's a reason they didn't sign into extension over the offseason. There is a reason this is going to be a new era of Vikings football going forward. Like after this season, like this was the last hurrah. This was it, and now Jefferson's on IR for an an ambiguous amount of time. And they were bad before that, and they're now they're bringing in veteran QBs like Colt McCoy. I think what eight of them. I think it was it was eight quarterbacks something like that. Well, it was eight eight players players, among them, including Colt McCoy, and so. You know, obviously this isn't going to happen now. It's Wednesday already. Kirk Cousins is going to play this game. But after that, like anything goes. So by that second Vikings game, you might be getting Colt McCoy. You might be getting uh, who's uh, their backup. Um, Nick Mullins, I think it is. Nick Mullins. (laughs) I mean, At that point, call Joe Webb. See what he's up to. (laughs) It's just—I mean, it it might be real bad. It might be doomsday for the Vikings uh, after assuming they lose this game. Uh, So we'll see how that goes. But I'm sorry, I cut you off. Continue.
1: No, I mean you're right, and that's—and look, that's going to play a factor in the way I evaluate this game. Like you look at this team—you—they understand that they're one and four. They probably at this point—and I know other fans understand this—and I wonder if Kevin O'Connell and the team does as well. Was hey, you won 13 games last year. But you were 11-0 and 0 in one-score games. And everybody called you out as being the fluke team. Everybody called you out as being the luckiest team in NFL history with all the things that happened right in that Bills game and the fumble at the one-yard line and all of their great wins didn't seem valid and you were down to the Colts 34-3 to 3 and you came back luckily and all of this stuff and then you got bounced in the first round of the playoffs and never, and it was kind of like an affirmation that yeah that team was kind of fake and this is your year to kind of prove that hey last year wasn't fake we got a squad here we got talent we're going to run it back and win the north again and they've played all one score games through the entire season and they're one and four in those one score games you know and it, and it's just it's it's exactly what we thought and i think that realization is going to come across the front office of the Vikings and realize, hey, that this is not sustainable. This is not obviously sustainable for us to win a championship. And those things are going to affect the locker room. And that's why I say I think this team is on the verge of implosion. And if I'm being honest, like if I'm Justin Jefferson and you couldn't agree to a contract extension in the offseason, how do you – it's unfathomable that you can't – you don't just put a blank check and give it to arguably – what who someone who could go down is the greatest wide receiver of all time. Like he's on pace.
0: The reigning offensive down. player of the year.
1: Yeah, the reigning offensive player of the year. Everybody knows how good he is. The gap between him and the next best player, wide receiver, is probably pretty big, even though Tyreek Hill is unbelievable. Nonetheless, you should have given that guy a blank check. I don't know how you didn't get a deal done this summer. And if I'm him, I I mean, I gotta read more into what his reaction to that was. I'm trying to read an article here from ESPN about the situation. Um but you got to imagine that he's not too happy uh, about not getting that contract extension. Obviously, everybody wants their money and is a first-round pick, so he still has a decent amount of money. He's still due to make, I think, like $14 million or $19 million next year. Yeah, $19.7 million next year in 2024 if there is no agreement before then. But you want that long-term security. Jake, if this is a bottom-out team and this is implosion territory and you're restarting, I... I <laughs> Justin Jefferson might want out, and 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 that is just a, something down the road to discuss because I, I know Bears fans would pounce on that, and I think Justin Jefferson has said like good things about Justin Fields before and all this yada yada yeah. But nonetheless, as this pertains to this game, Justin Jefferson hasn't missed a game for the Vikings this year or at all in his career. He's played fifty three games, hasn't missed a single game. So we don't even know really what this offense looks like without him. Like we've seen in games, Justin Jefferson goes out for a couple quarters and comes back in. That happened a little bit earlier this year. Um, And, you know, they draft Jordan Anderson, but this is a team that relies on their passing offense. They pass the most in the NFL. They don't like to rush the ball. And yeah, they just brought in cam makers, but they still don't love their offensive line and the way that they run block. Um, And Kevin O'Connell's system and design is just, we're just going to throw the ball 50 times with Kirk cousins. We're going to get the ball out quick. We're going to get the ball in the hands of our playmakers. They're gonna to have to completely change their game plan in this game, and maybe not completely because they still have good playmakers. Like Jordan Addison's a very good player, and KJ Osborne can do some things. He's done some things against Hockinson. the Bears in the past. TJ Hawkinson, obviously, who's actually had a really weird season. He's been dropping a lot of balls and hasn't really been as good as they'd like him to be for what they traded him for. Especially with the the Lions getting Sam laporter and essentially getting a player just as good uh, as Hawkinson. That was a, a great trade for Detroit, but. I just think you're going to have to see Minnesota change their offensive. They're going to be forced to change their offensive identity in this game in a way that does not favor favor them in this matchup just because – The Bears' secondary has been bad, even if they do get Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson back. And surprisingly, the Bears' run defense has actually been pretty good this year. And recently, especially in that last game against Washington, they've proven to be a pretty solid rush defense. I'll read the stats here real quick before uh, we throw it back over to you. But they're 12th in opponent rush yards per game, allowing only 98 yards per game, the Bears, that is. They're 11th in opponent yards per rush at 3.7. And they're only allowing less than one opposing rushing touchdown per game, 14th in the NFL. So this has become a rush defense Defense with those guys up front and Gervon Dexter, and Andrew Billings, and Justin Jones that are making plays. And if the Vikings have to change their offensive identity and try to establish more on the run with Alexander Madison, who's been underwhelming, and, and Cam Akers, who I know has only been there for a week now, but is also underwhelming in his you know, last few games with the Rams, it is in a way that does not favor the Vikings. And I am honestly shocked that they're still favored in this game uh, in Vegas. That it, it, it is shocking to me.
0: Yeah, it it is surprising. Uh, Vikings are still two and a half point favorites. Uh, a little surprising considering the Bears' uh, last p- two offensive performances, but maybe there's that's where that pushback is. Is are the Bears real because they played the Broncos mm-hmm. and the Commanders, and now you get the Vikings who have been similarly terrible. But you know, it, it's kind of like we talked about in the last couple episodes, Kevin, where it's like, well. You know, Justin Fields has done this before where he's shown flashes for a game or two, but then regresses. So maybe that's where the bullishness on the Vikings comes from. Maybe it's the bullishness that Kevin O'Connell is a better coach than Matt Eberflus. Uh, So it it could be a number of things, but I agree. Uh, I thought it would be closer and maybe it's Wednesday, maybe come game time when injuries are announced and, you know, there's still a chance that Kyler Gordon gets activated for this game after the bears activated his uh, 21 day practice window. And there's a chance that you get back Jalen Johnson and Eddie Jackson and the offensive line comes together some more. Uh, We'll see if Tevin Jenkins starts instead of being on a pitch count this week. So, I do kind of get it in that sense of there's a lot of unknowns, especially on the bear side of this, but you know, let's say Kyler Gordon gets activated. He's going to play. Let's say Joe and Johnson, Eddie Jackson are going to play. And then maybe the bears get some movement there and you get down to like one and a half or even a pick them. We'll see what happens. Um, I doubt it. Move all the way to a pick, but we'll see. It's very interesting. I think that this is going to be a very intriguing game. And I think to make this spin this into a bears direction, That this is a chance, kind of like we talked about the last couple episodes, for us to find out who the Bears are, what their identity is, what the culture of that locker room is, because on one hand, I would not be surprised. and I think people are expecting if you look at the betting market, that's what it's telling you for the Bears to look over this game and to not take it seriously and to regress and to get beat. On the other hand, this is an opportunity for Matt Eberflus and that coaching staff to say, "All right, you know, this is a divisional game and even though they're down, they're not out, but this is a chance for us to take a divisional game and prove that this is us, this is us, put up some points and make a statement and say, all right, take advantage of a team that's on the down, their star player, their best player, just went on IR, they're kind of scrambling, they got to adjust now, and let's take advantage of that. I think this is going to show us a little bit more about the Bears' identity that we've been talking about and that we've been looking for.
1: Yeah, I mean, we saw the Bears have the ability last year to – like once they figured things out against the Patriots, they were actually able to stack pretty decent offensive performances, but it wasn't equating to wins. Um, You now have more of a roster that's able to turn those good offensive output performances into wins, and that's what you want to see. Like, honestly, I know they're 1-4, and and I know people still aren't high on the potential ceiling of the Bears and all that, but like I'm still, and I never was at the start of the season, I'm still not at the point where – if you do play good offense the next three games against lesser opponents, but lose those games, that it's a positive for the team. Like I'll take it away as good for Justin Fields, but like, I'm still at the point where those should be wins. You should be winning these games. If the offensive output is similar to what it was against the commanders and against the Broncos. Right. I mean, you would, you, everyone would say that there's, although Justin Fields played well against the Broncos and the offense looked great. Like, there was no moral victories in that game when you lose to a team as bad well, as the Broncos. It was morally crushing, morally crushing, and the same things are going to be said against two teams that are equally as bad in the Vikings and the Raiders. Well, the Raiders might not be terrible; yeah, um, they're, pretty bad. they're probably not as bad as the as the Vikings, but they're also they're incredibly beatable. You're you're looking for wins here. You're not watching these games sitting on your couch and just just looking for Justin Fields to play well. Obviously, you want him to play well. Obviously, you want the offense to play well. But this is your chance to show, like. If I'm Matt Eberflus, and I just bought myself maybe the entire season with that win yesterday, or, or sorry, yesterday, last week, um, and we don't know if that's true, but he at least bought himself some time, some time, a couple he's got weeks, time on the clock. And if you want to stick around and you want to prove that you're going to be here for the, you know, a longer period of time than people imagine, right? You're going to be here past the end of the season and, and into next year. You gotta turn these into wins. That's the only thing that matters on your resume. If you're Matt Eberflus, the defense has sucked, but guess what? You might hire a new defensive analyst, and then the blame can go to that guy if the defense's defense sucks. Uh, we don't know if they're gonna hire anybody until that point. But the the one thing that Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles and you know the McCaskies can look at when it pertains to Matt Eberflus and his job security is you know four and eighteen. Right, I believe it's four and eighteen now. am I, my, I, I believe it's. I believe, I believe that. Yeah, yeah, that's, four and eighteen.
0: Yeah, four and eighteen. Three wins last year. Yep.
1: Right, like this, you have to to make that look a little bit better. And even if you somehow get to like, you know,
0: eight Wait, and no, 20, five, five and eighteen. No, no three no, wins last had, year. Fourteen yeah, cause, losses. Yeah, because you had one yep Never mind.
1: So yes, you learn a lot about the Bears uh, in this game. And look, I, I just, I do think that there's been a change with Justin Fields and in the locker room and talk to my guy, Dr. Michael Risher. I see him for rehab and training and he does the rehab and training for Justin Fields and a lot of the Bears players. And he said uh, to me that Fields is in a flow state where he's processing information incredibly quickly that he's like never seen before from him. And he believes he told me he believes that there is a switch that has been flipped with him that like we might have reached that point where like there's a click. Right. Because everybody knew that the biggest problems with Justin Fields was the confidence aspect. Right. You know, just not having fun on the field. The processing wasn't there. All those things are connected and correlated. And the quicker processing leads to more confidence, leads to winning football games, which leads to even more confidence. And it just it just builds and builds and builds. And I think we're at that point where you're going to start to see Justin Fields, you know, continue this progression at the quarterback position that will lead to wins and the i think the team just feeds off of that and you can see that right like when justin fields goes down the field and the defense is sitting on the bench for a longer period of time getting healthy while they're doing a seven eight minute drive you notice the difference in that defense when they come back on the field for the next possession. They look hungrier. They look more aggressive. They look more ready to play. So it's complimentary football. And I just, I, I maybe this is blind faith. Maybe this is too much optimism. But I don't think it's outrageous to say we didn't see that. We, we kind of saw it last year. it is wasn't sustainable. But it was the same sort of idea that once they figured it out on that primetime stage, built some confidence at the time. It was against the Patriots last year that that switch had been flipped. The problem was they just didn't have the talent last year to actually sustain wins. Now that switch has been flipped this year, and they do have the talent to sustain wins against poor teams.
0: Yeah, I mean, we talked about the possibility that you know, Thursday night's game against the commanders in Washington would be a launch point and how it kind of had to be if you were gonna have any type of success this season. I mean, we talked about extensively on Monday that you have a chance to go four and one over your next five and be five and five after 10 weeks, which after the first four weeks of the season seemed like an insane thing to say. But here you are and now that continues with an incredibly winnable game against the Vikings and you might be facing the best pure passer of the group of your of, if you include Howell and Wilson of you know the last 3 let's say but the least athletic and least mobile and you we've seen over the last couple of weeks the Broncos and the Commanders game Your defense start to generate more pressure, especially last week when you were able to hit Howell a bunch of times and sack him a couple times. And Walker and Ngakwe started to finally kind of carry their weight. So that being the case, against the least mobile quarterback that you've seen up, you know, in the last handful of weeks, you should be able to harass him a little bit. Is that going to be the case? I don't know. Kirk Cousins gets the ball very quickly you know taking away Justin Jefferson obviously inhibits that a little bit probably but we'll see what happens the point being you like Kevin said you have the launch point you have the opportunity based on from Thursday to now continue and build and stack these wins so we'll see how ready they are like i said a few minutes ago we're going to find out now about the bears because and, the hist- and I'm, I'm the pessimistic one on this show. I'm the one that always says, well, what do we know about the, be- about the Bears? What does history told us about the Bears? History tells us about the Bears that they will fall flat in this game, that they will fall on their face and they will just completely chunk it and that we're just going to be really, really angry come Sunday. But here's an opportunity – to change the narrative and prove me and prove I'm sure other people wrong who are saying the same exact thing that, oh, well, the Bears, here's the golden opportunity to win a game and a game that you really probably should win at this point, and you just mess it up. Here's your opportunity. Create that identity. Create that culture, for lack of a better term, and show us who you are and show us that you're a team that could take advantage of these spots.
1: Yeah, and, and I think it's interesting when you talk about, like, this is what the Bears do. They've shown us this in the past. And, like, that's true. It's just, like, this situation this year, they get a little bit lucky because of the opponents that play. Because last year when I talk about, you know, that switch being flipped, right, and in the game against the Patriots. So they win that game 33-14. Everyone thinks, hey, maybe, you know, can they sustain it at that point, right? Like, we, we figured it out at then. Now we got to take it to the next three games. Last year, the Bears got really unlucky. They played the hardest schedule in the NFL. So after that Patriots game, when everyone's expecting them, you know, to kind of come back and you know mount some wins, they have to play the Dallas Cowboys, which they lost 49 29. Then the Miami Dolphins, which they lost 35 32, in a game that they, you know, should have won if it weren't for that terrible pass interference. Then the Detroit Lions, a the game they lost 31 30. Like they 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 were actually showing. That they could sustain a little bit of what they discovered in that Patriots game, they just got really unlucky with the opponents that they played in those next three games. And again, that talent just wasn't there last year, and everyone knows that. But now it is. So I'm honestly like, I think the expectation from what I know about this team is to mount that, that they will mount these games. Like I don't look at this and think oh, it would be so bare for them to fall flat. Um, I, I I think. I'm expecting them to win, they should win, and they should be able to carry over if it if if, if Thursday night is what, you know, we believe it is based off of, you know, history. My history, like, it's really hard to compare by eras with coaches, like, it's so bears over the past 20 years for them to do this, right? But each era and each coaching, each coach is different, and like... You can say what you want about Eberflus; he's been bad, and I still think he'll probably not be the coach at the end of the year. Everyone knows my stance on that. But from what we know, really, like they've been a- they've went through shit and they've been able to figure it out and sort of sustain the things that they figured out for a couple weeks, and then they go back to shit. Like they went back to shit later in the year last year, obviously when they went on that huge losing streak and Justin Fields got injured and all that. Um, but like maybe I'm just putting too much emphasis on what happened last year in that Pats game, but it's just so similar. Right, sure. it's just so similar that they struggled early on in the year. They obviously went through hell with all the external factors. They made it out. They 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 switched the flip. Did I? I they flipped.
0: Have I been saying that the entire time? No, you said flip the switch earlier. This was the first time you said it. I think. Are you sure? I'm almost I positive. Saying
1: switch the flip the entire time. I don't
0: think you did. I, I, I think, I, 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 think I might
1: have been. Oh God, Lord, Lord. Lord <laughs> I'm, pretty sure, I've I'm, that like I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you times. said flip
0: the switch earlier. Okay, I'm almost. Okay, well, I
1: hope you're right. There's definitely someone listening to this. Like, no, he definitely said switch the flip. Switch the flip. Switch the flip. I def. I, I I definitely said switch the flip. There. There's no. There's no doubt. Okay. Well, I I will. I, I hopefully will trust you. Nonetheless, um, would you agree that although they're underdogs in this game on in in Vegas, two and a half points at home is just outrageous. Take the Bears on the points. Um, that the expectation. Is to win, like as, as if you are just an objective, you know, analyst of this game, the or just an objective viewer of the team. The expectation is that the Chicago Bears should win this game.
0: Very, very slightly, I would say yes. Because let's be honest, up to this point in the season, the Bears have been a really bad team. They have one win. They're in the same boat as the Vikings. Like this is just going to be an absolute slop fest for the most part for all of our you know, intents and purposes. But I do agree that this is a game that if you're a fan, if you're an objective observer, you would say, okay, yeah, this is a game that they should probably win, especially all things considered, especially if you consider, you know, that, this might be a chance for the Vikings to kind of improve their draft standing. If you buy into the thought that the Vikings are actively going to start tanking, whether that be via a Kirk cousins trade or not that, okay. the And like the bears want to win games, the bears want to get better. Correct. Already, There's no
1: incentive you, for them to lose,
0: right? The bears, like they passed on quarterbacks already. They did that last year, you know, like they passed on Bryce young, on CJ Stroud, on whoever else, like on uh, Anthony Richardson, on Will Levis, blah, 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 blah. Like they had the opportunity, they had the break. And maybe, and I made this case at the time that maybe they just didn't like any of those guys and they had their eye on this upcoming class. I don't know. But the point being that the Bears, you already have the Carolina pick. And so you really have no incentive to lose, theoretically. Like You want Justin Fields to do well so you can give him an extension at maybe a reasonable price because he's not going to demand a super mega contract. He hasn't played up to that Joe Burrow standard where they have to pay him a billion dollars for the next seven years. Like that's just not the type of contract, but you still want him to do well. So you can hand him a three, four year extension at probably going to be a reasonable price, especially if he continues to ascend. So like the Vikings though, are in hell. They're like you said earlier, they're not going to extend Kirk cousins. They have the opportunity to, they didn't. So they are in this, on the precipice of a new era in Vikings history. As far as the quarterback goes If this is what this is going to be, and like you said, if Justin Jefferson says, hey, I'm taking a long time to let this heal. I'm not coming back hurt and playing hurt for a team that's not going to be in the playoff race, that's not going to be in the playoffs. I'm going to take my time. I'm the reigning offensive player of the year. Everybody knows what I'm capable of, and then I'll go just get my money from you guys or somebody else. I'm not going to jeopardize my standing as a receiver in the league. Like I I've already built my repertoire. Like I've already built my brand, my, my respect. I'm good. So if Jefferson's going to say, all right, I'm out for six weeks, whatever, before I even think about coming back. And then if cousins gets traded, if cousins gets hurt, if they start sitting him, so he doesn't get hurt and then they could trade him. Fact being the Vikings might have an incentive to lose here. So it's just kind of two teams theoretically going in opposite directions. That's how I kind of view this. So to answer your question, Kevin, no, no, I, I don't think that if you're an objective fan, or even if you're a Bears fan, I don't think it's crazy to come into this game thinking you should win this game. It's a very winnable game. I Again, the Bears are still one of 4 team at the end of the day. We like the trajectory that they've shown, especially after winning on Thursday night. But I still think it's close. I still think that you're both close yeah. to the bottom. It's just for the bears you're hoping to use this as a step on your continued ascent into maybe not a playoff team, but at least a respectable team, a league average team.
1: And I don't think that you're going to see the Vikings like actively try to lose. Like this right. is an organization at least not that yet. doesn't do that at least not yet. Right. Like, you know, I, they just don't do that in this organization. And I'm sure they're preaching to everybody, you know, the number of teams that have made the playoffs after one and four and, you know, look what we did last year and mm-hmm. we still have the town and we still have everything. Um, like they're not going to actually try to lose the game. I just think it's kind of, kind of, it's going to come to that where like P, the, the team is going to understand that this isn't it, and the care level is going to is going to drop, the effort level is going to drop, the implosion is going to occur, and guys are going to start to wonder, you know, why am I going to put my body on the line when I'm not even going to be on this team next year? Am I going to get traded? Right. All these different things, right? Like just the natural things that happen when teams start to implode and start to you know collapse um, with their current roster. And I don't think Kirk is the type of guy to do that. But
0: well, he he's wants to get paid. still.
1: Yeah, he wants to get paid. Um. So, and that's that. See, that's the unfortunate thing for Kirk too. Is this is a dude that takes a ton of fucking hits? Like, puts his body on the line every single game. If, if you watch the quarterback documentary, you saw how much that guy was getting pummeled and getting destroyed, and still just putting his body out there every single game. And when it comes to security, financial security. If he were to take a hit, man, and go out for the year, that's a that's a fight that that's a life-altering moment for him from a financial aspect. And yeah, he's made a lot of money in his career before, but that's a guy who can still play for the next three sure. to four to five years and be productive for a team in the NFL. So maybe he's not going to be as willing to take those hits anymore and willing to stand in the pocket and 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 chuck the ball downfield while guys are just you know destroying his abdomen region like they did last year. Like uh, maybe he you won't see him. Do those things, and those are really the things that make Kirk Cousins great. Like, you say what you want about Kirk, but that's a dude who knows his offensive line is bad, doesn't get shaken by it, stands in the pocket, delivers accurate passes while getting pummeled in in the pocket. It's a really, really impressive aspect of Kirk Cousins' game, but with this whole contract thing, I just got to imagine that as time goes on and he's in more and more pain as the season progresses, he's not going to want to stand in there anymore. He's not going to want to stand in there and do the things that makes him, you know, a a relatively above, I I consider him above average quarterback in the NFL. So I I, I just think that those things, right? Like it's been four games last week was a, was a tough loss against a Chiefs team that you probably didn't expect to beat anyway, but it's sort of that realization that, yeah, we're not, we're not, we beat the bills last year, right? We can't beat the chiefs this year. Maybe we're not at the top. Um, and obviously they're not the top, but I think, I just think you're going to see these things come to life for that team on Sunday. And those are going to be the types of things that lose them in the game.
0: No, I think you're right. And I mean, if you're Kirk Cousins, like you really think the Raiders aren't calling Kirk Raiders Cousins next year? Like you think the Falcons aren't calling Kirk Cousins over the winter? Like and even even if not to be a starter. Like you think the Colts, I mean, look at what Anthony Richardson's happening to him right now. How much he's getting hurt. You think right. the Colts aren't saying, "Hey man, come over here, like we need you as a backup, you'll probably end up starting a couple games." Like you think that's not going to happen? Like really? Really? That's not going to happen. The Giants won't call, try to get out of that Jones contract. Oh my! Really? God. That's, That's not going to happen. Scenario, so yeah, be. I mean, your Kirk Cousins, there's still money to be made out there for sure. So, um, but giants, I digress.
1: Uh, Vikings trade straight up uh, Daniel Jones for Kirk Cousins. Who says no? Oh, Vikings say no. That's a-
0: well. I mean, if you're the Vikings, you're trying to lose games.
1: Well, not now. I'm not talking about right now, but um, I, 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 I don't think. I don't think Kirk Cousins gets traded during the season. I mean, that is unprecedented.
0: Let's do this. Let's the do alright I'm going to put a two minute cap on this. Let's okay. do this for two minutes because this is famously Bears Nation podcast. And like, how can you not? I mean, look at the Jets, the Commanders, the Falcons. The Falcons are good. Like Desmond Ritter stinks, yeah. the, but the Falcons are good. The Falcons should be on the phone right now. Like, if you're the Vikings, why not take a shot on Ritter while he's on his rookie contract too? You, get, you got nothing to lose there. If he still stinks, all right, you lose out. You, you get a Shadur Sanders or Caleb Williams or whoever, take your pick. But if he's good, with, then you have him still on a rookie deal with Jordan Addison, Hawkinson under contract, and then you have more room to pay Jefferson. Like, do that immediately. Same thing with Zach Wilson. All right, if he's bad, like, he's bad. Great. You lose games. You take your pick of the quarterbacks in this upcoming draft. If he's good, you're set. Like, I I... I think they trade them immediately. Like if they lose this game, if the Vikings lose this week against the bears, I bet you they trade cousins by, as I quickly try to bring up the Viking schedule, like, I mean, they, they like, why would you not like, even if, whatever you get back, it's better than letting them walk. I mean, come on. Like, okay. If you lose to the bears, they have the 49ers the week after immediately after on Monday night, Then you have at the Packers a week later, and then at the Falcons. I bet you. I bet you. If the Vikings go zero and four or one and three in these next four games after that Falcons game, I bet you they trade them.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I. I, It's just it's it's unprecedented. Like I'm kind of looking through history of the last time like quarterbacks were traded midseason, and the really only few I can find is Jimmy Garoppolo in 2017 traded to the Forty a backup. Um, he was a backup, obviously, to Tom Brady at the time. And I don't know. I think, I, I uh, did Did Garoppolo play that year for the Niners?
0: I don't think so. I'm I think not that sure. was the last Alex Smith year, no?
1: So, yeah, it, it, the bottom line is it's a really rare scenario. Sure. And it's a rare situation that the Vikings are in for sure, which could make it possible. Um, I, just, I just don't know if... Uh, I mean, it would make sense for them because if you're not sure. going to resign him, why not get returned for him? Like, it's just it's, it's just the common no brainer for what is likely to be a rebuilding team. Anyway, let's go back to the game on Sunday. Um, we put a two minute cap on that one. I think we, we stayed under the limit. Just um, when you look at the Bears offense, let's talk about this, right? We talked about the potential to continue offensive output and the potential they have um, to do that against the Minnesota Vikings. And boy, do they have the potential to do that. I mean, this is a terrible Minnesota Vikings pass defense. I mean, yep. it is bad. It's overall bad defense. Their run defense is okay, um, but their pass defense is just terrible. Um, the, it's not really reflected that much uh, in the stats. You know, they're 22nd in opponent pass yards per game. Game, you know with with 240 but they get takeaways at the second lowest rate in the nfl so they're not gonna Justin Fields shouldn't be able to throw the ball away they allow the second highest completion percentage to, to quarterbacks with a 76 percent completion percentage um they they you know sack the quarterback a mediocre amount of time 20th in the nfl and sacks defensively if harrison smith doesn't play no harrison smith is active sorry that was last week um this is regardless it's like a hot knife through butter, yeah, especially the way this Bears offense is playing. And the way, you know, DJ Moore, the reigning NFC offensive player of the week was just announced a couple minutes ago uh, is playing. It, it should be a game that does not stall the offensive progression that we have seen the past couple of weeks. I mean, there is nothing. I mean, uh, Deniel Hunter, is really the only thing that scares you on this Minnesota defense. Uh, but, you know, we've kind of seen, even with the Bears, like you'd probably put Daniel Hunter, Dino Hunter is a better player than Yannick and Gakwe, but they're kind of in the same tier, I guess you, you could argue. Um, like you can see what happens if you have an elite pass rusher, but no one else across that line, that that player can't be a game wrecking player that you, you know, believe that he is, if there's no one else to support him and the bears can just chip and double team to Hunter all they want and give Justin Fields a little bit of time. And again, just with the confidence that he has and probably watching the film and throughout the week is getting a little more confident uh, watching yeah. what some of these teams have been able to do to the Vikings this year, you know, specifically the chiefs and the chargers and really anyone that's come their way. Um, This is a great spot for the Bears to not see regression in that passing game. And, and, and like, let's be real here. Like, I'm not expecting Justin Fields to throw four touchdowns and 300 yards. Like I I don't think that's yet to be the expectation, even against a bad defense. But it should be good enough offense that leads to at least 27 points uh, against this defense.
0: No, I agree with everything that you said. Uh, this, I mean, we hit it on, in the beginning, too. This was a Vikings defense that was always going to regress. This was a Vikings defense that was always going to be a bad defense this year. So this is the third straight week you see a, a beatable defense. And so now let's see it from Justin Fields. So, um, you know, like I said uh, on Monday and last week, like this, let's see it. Continue to stack those performances You know, a lot of people are open to the idea of him being the starting quarterback for the next few years uh, and for the long-term future. So continue to stack those performances, continue to, uh, to build on it. So I I think you're right about everything. I think everything you hit there about the Vikings defense was uh, entirely correct. So that being said, uh, should we get into our bold predictions, Kevin?
1: Yeah, we can get into some bold predictions.
0: All right. To recap, uh, last week's bold predictions, uh, I mean, Kevin, again, you're weak of being right about like everything Ah. you famously were nailed the Justin Fields rushing total. Uh, You said 57. That was exactly what he got. And you were two off from the passing yards. Uh, Chase Claypool waved an Equinomia St. Brown touchdown. So you were wrong on the second half. You were kind of right on the first half. Chase Claypool traded to Miami for a low-round pick. Obviously, just whatever you could get for him at that point was gravy. So Kevin continues to uh, his week of dominance, if you will. Um, I said loss and coaches fired. That obviously did not happen as you won the game. So uh, that being said, let's get into it this week. What do you got, Kevin?
1: Um, I think this is going to be a bounce-back spot for Darnell Mooney. This is okay. a player who has been really quiet And he's aware as well. We talk about, you know, players being aware of contracts and extensions and their future with teams, especially as we're talking about the Vikings. It's very applicable to Darnell Mooney and the Chicago Bears. There's, there's a big there's a big question they're going to have to answer in the offseason about whether they bring that guy back. And I know him and Justin Fields have a great relationship, but just hasn't really come to fruition this year. And we saw it early in that Commanders game, first play of the game to take that shot downfield. Wasn't really a bad throw by Justin. Darnell kind of turned the wrong way, and it just seemed like maybe they weren't really on the same page as to where that ball was supposed to go on that play. Um, he has the game with zero receptions, zero yards on like four targets. I think Justin Fields is going to try, and I think that offense is going to try to get Darnell Mooney going. Like, any team is smart. They're going to have watched that Commander's game and say, you know, we obviously got to put a little pressure on DJ Moore. I mean, there's three players in the Bears' offense that caught that, that caught passes in that game, and uh, Justin Fields still had 280 passing yards because DJ Moore caught 230 of them. And the Vikings might look across that Bears' roster and say, well, Darnell Mooney, Zero receptions. I couldn't even St. Brown, zero receptions. Tyra Scott, zero receptions. Let's find ways to take DJ Moore out of the game and put the ball in the hands of the other players. And I think the bears are going to continue to try to get Donna Mooney going, take shots to him. So I, I think Donna Mooney has 70 plus yards and a touchdown in this game. I think he catches a big touchdown of like, you know, 30, 30 yards. And they kind of just give him the ball periodically throughout. And I don't think DJ Moore is a bad game. I just think they're going to try to get Mooney going. And I think they tried to get Mooney going last week and it just, they just, they just couldn't connect so well. Right. Keep, you know, keep trying it again. So uh, that'll be my, my first one. Uh, I will go Darnell Mooney, 70-plus yards and a touchdown.
0: Okay. Uh, All right. I only have one this week. Uh, I think that this has been a trend. It's been trending this way. We've seen the uptick. We've seen it start to happen over the last two weeks especially. I think Robert Tunyon gets active this game. Not active, he's been active, but you know what I mean. I think he is very much involved this week. He had a couple catches yep. the last couple weeks. He's been slowly being worked more and more into this offensive game plan. I think Robert Tunyon has a few catches. I'm not going to say he has a big game for like 50-plus yards, but I do think he catches a touchdown this week. We've seen him in these mm. sets. We've seen him get a couple targets each week in the last couple of weeks. So I think Robert Tunyon gets his first Bears touchdown this week. We know Cole Komet is Justin field safety blanket we know that dj moore is justin field's favorite target right now so we're kind of in the same vein you and i are here that you know as the pressure gets added to justin field's favorite targets he's going to start having to look elsewhere i think robert tunyan when you're close to the re- end zone i think is going to be a perfect opportunity for that so i'm going to say tunyan i'm going to say 30 plus yards and a touchdown for tunyan this week
1: Okay. Hey, Jake's saying start Robert Tunyon in fantasy. Start Robert Tunyon. He's getting in. Hey, I, I I, mean, you saw it last week. They tried to get him involved. He was one of the three players that caught passes. He caught a couple of them. They haven't really used him and deployed him in the red zone that much, but they should. Um, now, the, the good thing is for the Bears, Justin Fields, guess where he ranks among all passers in the red zone? First? yeah he ranks first yeah that was really just yeah guess yeah obviously he ranks first um yes he ranks first so they don't really have they don't really have to search for you know new ways to get in the end zone but they might get more creative right and they might utilize robert Tunyon down in there so um i like that one let's go defensive i'll go defensive here Probably the most underwhelming signing for the Chicago Bears' this offseason has been Tremaine Edmonds. I mean, it, it, you just, you know, you brought him in because he's the guy that can get takeaways, and Roquan Smith was great at a lot of things, but guess what? He didn't get takeaways for you, and this Maddie Biffle's defense is based on allowing a lot of yards and cover two, but guess what? We're going to get takeaways, and we're going to take the ball away, and we're going to be active and punch that ball out and intercept it, and let's get this unicorn, honestly, and Tremaine Edmonds, just the way, you know, he's built, and bring those takeaways to defense at the linebacker position. He hasn't He hasn't done it, man. He hasn't done it. And, you know, he's been around the ball, but I would like to see a little bit more from him, and I think this could be the week where it happens. Maybe they deploy him more on some blitzes. We saw the Bears blitz more, even though most of the times they did it was with TJ Edwards and not Edmonds. Um, I think he gets an interception this week. I think he takes advantage of Kirk um, and an offense without Justin Jefferson. Honestly, I think it'll probably be off of a tip you know, some sort of tip that kind of just falls into his hands. Maybe maybe the receiver drops the ball or something because uh, it's Jordan Addison and K.J. Osborne and not the best wide receiver in the NFL. So I'll go Tremaine Edmonds is around the football a lot on Sunday, uh, gets the interception, and finally shows people the money uh, that he is worth.
0: All right, those are our bold predictions. Let's roll right into the quarterback predictions that Kevin absolutely crushed last week, crushed the yardage total, crushed the rushing total. Got that exactly right. So, Kevin, I'm going to turn it over to you first, uh, the man of the hour as far as these predictions go for the quarterback.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on me now. Um, you know, I've Lights are bright. High. <laughs> um, I'll go... For Justin Fields, I think he does have another good day. Um, like I said, I don't think the expectation should be you know, 300 yards, 4 touchdowns although he's had that output the past couple of weeks but against a really bad Vikings pass defense that's vulnerable um, I, I think Justin has a good day so I'm going to go 263 yards for Justin Fields. He's going to throw for 2 touchdowns. He's going to rush for 67 yards. He's going to have a little bit more of a rushing game than he did the past couple of weeks really the first 5 weeks of the season um, and I think he does rush for a touchdown. I've been kind of predicting that every week week and it hasn't really it hasn't happened, happened um i'm um, he has one rushing touchdown the year
0: no has not I happened believe.
1: yet oh wait i think he has one i think he has one yeah you're right um i don't remember which game it was was did he get in in the green bay game i think he got in, in yes. the green, green bay game um no it was the Tampa Bay game tampa Bay game that early, that early rushing touchdown so i think in that tampa bay game he had so his highest rushing output of the year actually is only 59 yards. So if I I'm predicting 67 here, that would be his highest rushing total of the season. Um we're waiting on that big play. We're waiting yep. on that big play for Fields on the run. Yep. And I and I think it might happen here uh this week. So I would like to see him, you know. I mean, hey, I don't have a problem if he doesn't use the legs in the red zone, but uh, as a fantasy owner of Justin Fields, come on, let's get those you know, six fantasy points using those legs. But so, yeah, <laughs> 26, what I say, 263? You did. 263. Um, oh, completions attempts. I'll go 23-31 on that. Um, 67 yards rushing, one touchdown, two passing touchdowns. So another good day for Justin Fields builds off of his strong last two performances.
0: All right, I do think Justin Fields and the offense will have a very productive day. I think this is a game you're going to be able to salt away, though. Uh, If the Vikings are going to be as bad as we think, uh, then you're not really going to have to have Justin Fields kind of throw throw it to the like he's not going to have to throw it that much. You know, he's not going to have to shoot the lights out uh, here. So I'm going to say that he goes 17 for 24, and I'm I'm going to say 200 and 43 yards and i will say though i'll say i'll still say two touchdowns passing i'll agree with you on that um i don't think they're going to make him rush as much especially if you're up in this game i still think he will rush i'm going to say 43 rushing yards uh for justin so it's on the surface what seems like a more tame day but i think. I'm expecting a game where once it's played out, it's a game you're up and that you kind of can just salt away with whoever's starting at running back, whoever's healthy in the running back room. I mean, Dante Foreman is healthy because he hasn't been playing. But, you know, I think you'll be able to salt it away. So I I think that not the gaudiest stat line for Justin Fields in this game, but I think it'll be an efficient, productive day uh, because you'll be running it more down the stretch as you uh, just kind of kill the clock.
1: Yeah. I'm with you on that, actually. Um, that would actually make a lot of sense. Do we have a record on who who's gotten like the most bold predictions right, who's gotten the most quarterback positions closest? We, we have we not, have but we on? could
0: start uh, keeping track of that uh, now. So you are currently uh, closest. You're you're currently one up as far as uh, quarterback stat line goes. Uh, I don't know. We were both wrong. Mostly for uh, bold predictions, so we'll, we'll yeah, th-
1: they're bold predictions. There are yeah, hard. Right. They're hard, they're hard we'll, in, yeah.
0: we'll we'll start tracking bold predictions as far as record, quote unquote, uh, for now. But uh, you are up one to nothing on me for quarterback uh, predictions stat line. So all right, let's do it. Score, Kev, you go first.
1: You know, I'm really scared because the Bears <laughs> haven't won a game in which I picked them to win. Um, That's I, true. That's a good point. And, and look, they haven't won a lot of games this year anyway, but I picked the the, the one time, I, p- I picked them last week to lose to the Commanders 30-27, so I was kind of close on this sort of, not really, I mean, they put up 40 points, but I figured they'd have a decent offensive day. I just, I, I almost don't want to pick the game because I want to mush them. I don't want to mush my Bears by picking them to win. Um, but my picking record is not the reason that they're winning and losing. Uh, it's been a weird year picking games for the record. Jake is three and two on the year. I'm one and four. Uh, I've just been, been shocking. Really
0: You're shocking. <laughs> Your record is the same as the bears. Uh,
1: yeah, but it's, but it's yeah, not but because last week was, it's yeah. not. Yeah, it's yeah. Don't, don't you? Don't, yeah. I picked the bears every week. Shocking. <laughs> See Oh, that's so ass because now it's going to look that way. <laughs> Fuck, I got to get a win this week. Um, I am going to go with the Chicago Bears in the game. If you listen to the first 46 minutes of the podcast, that should really not be a surprise. Uh, I don't know if anybody really skips to the end of it to just hear the predictions that are typically wrong anyway. I hope you don't do that. (laughs) Um, But I am going to go with the Bears. I think they actually win this game pretty handily i'm gonna go 34 23 nice. um in this game i i just I, I do really think the vikings are in implode territory and it's going to be reflected that way on sunday and i like the direction <clears throat> the bears are trending um so 20 or 34 23 bears get the win at home i, I hate to say it but like you win this game, man, and it's like you're kind of you're, you're you're cooking a little bit more. You're cooking a little bit more, and I think the fans are going to be riled up and excited, and they're kind of aware of that uh, as well. So week six, I'm going to Chicago Bears over the Vikings, 34-23, Take them on the spread, plus two and a half. Obviously, if you're a betting man, take them on the money line uh, if you are on that. And then real quick is you know I like to make people some money. Darnell Mooney, anytime touchdown score. If you are one of those folks who's opening up the Bet MGM or the FanDuel or the or the uh, DraftKings app right now and you want to make a little dough, it's not up yet the props aren't up for D'Arna Mooney, but bet hidden, whatever it is anytime touchdown score, parlay that with Bears plus 126 money line. And what do you like the over I like the over in the game. You like the over in the game 44 and a
0: half? Well, if you let me out, give I'll my goddamn know. prediction, Kevin, you'll find out. Sorry. Um, Sorry. no, I think this is going to go under barely. Uh, I have the Bears winning 24 to 17. Uh, I okay. do think that like I said, I think the Bears try to run the ball, try to kill the clock especially late. I think they'll be up and just trying to, you know, get first downs, not really trying to score. And the Vikings, I think they'll be able to score A a decent amount, uh, you know, two touchdowns, obviously, is what I'm predicting. Um, But I I still think that there's going to be an adjustment period without Justin Jefferson. I still think that this defense isn't crazy stout. Uh, Maybe they proved me wrong this week, but, you know, at the end of the day, Sam Howell passed for almost 400 yards on you last week and, and a losing effort. So, you know, uh, <laughs> okay, I, but that, I,
1: was, that was, that sure, was a lot of a garbage
0: time. time. Yeah, absolutely. But still, uh, you know, I still have some, some trepidation regarding this defense, but I think you play a complete game enough to get it done, get through it and get a win. So I will say it goes the over, but I think the bears pull the upset. I think they win out, right? It's a very winnable game. Uh, I, I will be disappointed if they lose this game.
1: Yeah, I'll be disappointed as well. I mean, at this moment, Jake, You know, for the fans out there who are listening, who don't want to, who, who really, really what it comes down to, at least for me, uh, I know playoffs and all of that is just, is just too much. And people get angry about that. Like at this point, can can we have a meaningful game in December? Right? Like that's, (laughs) that is what I want. Like, can I, can I sit there on Christmas Eve and watch the bears try to potentially sneak in the playoffs with a win against the Falcons? Right or, or sure. do they play the Cardinals Christmas Eve. I forget who they play Christmas Eve. Cardinals, Christmas Eve. I think. Um, Cardinals. So that I kind of just want to be more invested in the Bears for a, a little bit more time. So please <laughs> win this game, so I can be invested again. You got the Raiders and that, and really, you know, maybe it's not even December, but like, be don't don't get flexed out of Sunday Night Football. That's the goal at this time. Sure. Don't get flexed out of Sunday Night Football. I like that. Football. Don't get flexed out. I like that. <laughs> just, just, just don't be the first team of the year to get be flexed. competent. Although. I mean, this is just a broader NFL talk. Can we get the fucking... Pardon my friend, Sorry, Mom. Can we get the Giants-Bills game out of Sunday Night Yeah, that's going to be a I mean, beatdown. What down. the hell are we doing?
0: That's going to be a beatdown. Come
1: on. How yeah. don't even bet on that game.
0: It's, it's going to be embarrassing. Like, uh, old embarrassing. spreads for the Bills is how you bet that game, by the way. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's it. We are... Uh, After one week, after both of us shockingly predicting that the Bears would lose, we are now both shockingly, possibly more shocking, the bear both predicting that the Bears are going to win this week. So that should go totally fine and definitely won't be infuriating. So we'll see how that goes. We will be here, though, on Monday to break it all down, the fallout, the recap of the Bears versus the Vikings. We'll be here, Bears Nation Podcast, to break it all down for you guys. As always, to the listeners, the viewers, you guys are the best. Appreciate you. You guys are what make us keep doing this show, and we really enjoy it. So keep coming back. We'll see you on Monday for the recap episode for myself, for Kevin. This has been Bears Nation Podcast. Brought to you by OnTap Sports Net. We will see you on Monday. And as always, fair down.
1: Bear down.